0: Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I am happy that you have joined our program for today. Today we will continue our study of the Church of the Bible. And I will remind you once again that we do have a website. If you have not visited yet, uh, you can go to Mars Hill coc.org and we have a great deal of information about our congregation our service times contact information you can contact us directly from the website you can send us a message uh, linked on the bottom of the homepage, and we would love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments if there is any way that we can help you at all we would love to have that opportunity uh, but feel free to contact us And uh, like I said, we're going to study the the church of the Bible. We have been doing this for several weeks, and so we're going to continue that study today. And all I've been doing is is I have a a very detailed pamphlet that talks about the one true church. And so we've been going through the verses in it, um, the verses that teach us about the church of the Bible. And so far, we have studied the founder of the church, being Christ. We have studied the foundation of the church, also being Christ. We've studied the the different ways that the church is referred to in Scripture, especially those by Jesus and his apostles. My church, my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, uh, the church of God, the house of God, uh, just different ways that the church is referred to, and probably the, the most familiar to us, the churches of Christ. in Romans 16, 16, the churches of Christ greet you. And so we read of the church of Christ in the Bible. Uh, it is a singular church. Whenever it talks of churches of Christ, it's talking about congregations. But they're congregations of one church, that being the church that truly belongs to Christ, the New Testament church. And today, Lord willing, we are going to continue that study. We are going to look at the membership of the church and those who are members of this church and what must be done in order for us to be members of the Lord's church before we get into our lesson for today if you would bow with me in a word of prayer our holy and righteous heavenly father we thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us and we thank you for this day we thank you for the time and opportunity that we have been given to be able to study your word together and we pray father that you would continue to bless us in our studies, and help us to be the members of your church that you would want us to be. Help us to be the Christians that you want us to be, not just in each other's presence, but also in the world. As we go into our jobs and into our schools or wherever we are, we pray, Father, that you would help us to be Christians always. Help us to be your children, we thank you for your son. We thank you for his sacrifice for uh, our sins and for the sins of the world. And We thank you for all the spiritual blessings that come through Jesus Christ. We thank you for everything that you have blessed us with in any way. It is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. As we get into our study for today, we begin with hearing the word of the gospel. Whenever we look at the membership of the church, we must do those things that would allow us to enter into that church, to be a part of that church. We are added to the church. We'll look at this uh, later in our lesson, but we are added to the Lord's church by the Lord himself, not by anyone. And so it is important that if we are to be added to the church by God, that we do those things that God has set forth for us to do, that we become members of this church according to the scriptures. And so that is our endeavor. We want to study today the things that are necessary for us to become members of this church. I, I pray that you have already obeyed the gospel. And maybe it is that you have not obeyed in the way that God wants you to. And maybe that's something that you learned through this study. But again, our endeavor is to take the word of God. To apply it to our lives. To make sure that we are what God wants us to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as we begin, we are looking at hearing the word of the gospel, and we're going to begin in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, if you would be turning there with me. Now, as we look at Romans chapter 10, we these are the words of Paul, and Paul is talking to the Jews. He is talking to Uh, about the Jews, about the people of Israel, and he talks about not just Israel going back to the Old Testament, but also, in a sense, spiritual Israel as well. But one of the things that, that we read here is the importance of hearing. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And let me suggest to you that this is not necessarily an audible hearing. We don't necessarily need to hear by ears. You can read in the scriptures. But whenever someone explains the gospel in whatever way that might be, then we are hearing. We are understanding, and we are taking that into account and applying that to our lives. And so we see the importance of preachers. Our endeavor as preachers is to preach the word of God, to share the word of God with those who have never heard. Or maybe they have heard, but maybe they've not obeyed yet. Maybe they've not taken it all into account and not applied it in the proper way. We preach in order that you might hear. Going back to verse 14 of Romans chapter 10. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The word must be preached. And so it is important that we preach the word and only the word of God. Now, is it possible that preachers will preach something other than the word of God? Well, absolutely. Though we may not um, or they may not intend to do so, it is possible that someone can preach something other than the word of God. Whenever I preach, I I always encourage our congregation to follow along. I encourage you to follow along with me with the scriptures that I am reading so that we can have a proper understanding of God's word according to what he has given us in the New Testament. If we're not following the word of God, then what are we following other than the teachings of men? So it is important that we preach the Word of God. It's important that you understand the Word of God. And if there is something that you question, I would hope that you would ask so that I can further explain to to help you understand. I want you to understand. And so we see that the part of obeying the gospel is hearing. But in order to hear, we must hear the truth. We must hear the Word of God. As it is presented, as it is given to us by Christ. In Acts chapter 18, in Acts chapter 18, and looking specifically at verse 8, Acts chapter 18 and verse 8, I'm going to actually back up to the beginning of of this paragraph, at least as it is set as a paragraph in the New King James Version that I am reading from. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Verse 8, Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now we see three things that were done here in order for salvation, to be a part of their lives, to be something that they had entered into. First of all, notice what many of the Corinthians had done. They had heard the gospel. But we also find a second step, a second thing of importance in obeying, obeying the gospel, and that is belief. Hearing, they also believed. And then they were baptized. And we're going to look closer at baptism later on. But I want you to notice that they heard and they believed. They heard and they believed. As Crispus, also the ruler of the synagogue, he also believed on the Lord. And not only he, but all of his household. So, hearing is important, but also believing. We must also believe. And then, once we believe, then we are also encouraged and commanded even to obey. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 15 for a moment also. First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look here at verses 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. Notice that the word had been preached. The gospel had been preached, and Paul is making mention of that. In 1 Corinthians 15, and as he preached the gospel, they received it, and they stood in it. They stood in the truth of God's word. Verse 2, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed In vain, they were to hold fast to the word, they were to hear it, they were to understand it, and hearing and understanding and believing says that they were saved. Belief is important to our obedience. Not just hearing, but believing. I can preach all day long, but it doesn't mean a thing unless you hear it and unless you understand it and unless you make some kind of application in your own life, which you will not do if you do not believe. Now, I will remind you that belief alone does not save us. Yes, it talks about them believing and and being saved, but there was more to it than just belief, because even demons believe and tremble, according to James, in James chapter 2. But there was more to it than just hearing and believing. They also needed to obey. In Mark chapter 16, we're reminded of this very thing in Mark chapter 16. And verse 16. 16 and then verse 16. Actually going back up to to verse 15 where we have this commission that is given by Jesus. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes and is baptized. You see there's obedience also in this. And so we have to understand what that is, what that obedience is. It's not just baptism. That's an important piece. There are also some other things that need to be done in order to obey. But he who believes and is baptized will be saved and we're also told here by Jesus that he who does not believe will be condemned. That's an important thing to note as well. But so far we are looking at hearing And believing, we understand the importance of hearing the gospel, hearing the truth. We can only obey the truth as it is given to us as truth and not by anything else. So hearing is important. Believing is important, but also repentance. Repentance is also of great importance in our obedience. I want you to turn with me for a moment to the book of Acts again. And this time, let's look at chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, we have the establishment of the church. And Peter, we see here, he gives a a gospel sermon, what we might refer to as the first gospel sermon, the one that the, the first sermon that actually contained the Entirety of truth from God. Jesus has died. He has been crucified on a cross. He has been buried. He has been resurrected. And he has ascended to be with God. And so the the commission that is given to the apostles that we looked at a moment ago. Here, this is where they share what Jesus uh, wanted them to do and wanted them to preach. She told them to go into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature, to every nation. And it begins in Acts chapter two. Peter gives this great sermon, and as he nears an end, it, it almost appears, and and maybe it's exactly that way that that he doesn't even really finish. What he has to say Uh, with many other words, it says that he testified and exhorted them in verse 40. It almost appears that as we get to, to verse 37, that they stop him in his sermon and they ask him the great question, men and brethren, what shall we do? They understand that there is something that they need to do. But what is it? And what does Peter tell them? He tells them in verse 38, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They believed, they heard, they believed. I I believe here they are confessing that belief when they ask the question, what shall we do? And Peter is telling them, you need to repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And for what reason? For the remission, for the forgiveness of your sins. It was only in obeying the truth that they could be saved. And that was what they needed to do. And they did so. Verse 41, those who gladly received his word Were baptized. Why? Because they believed what Peter said. They believed that salvation came through obedience. Through repentance. Through baptism for the remission of their sins. And it says that that day about 3,000 souls. Were added to them. And these souls were added to the church. And how does that come to pass? It's not by man. You might have been taught, maybe you were raised in a denomination that taught that you join the church by a committee, by a decision that is made by men, and that's not the truth. You see, we're told that they were added to the church by the Lord. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved, verse 47. The Lord adds us to his church. When we have been obedient, when our heart is in full compliance with his will. And we are added to his church by God himself. I have nothing to do with adding you to the Lord's church. I may assist in in being the one that, that baptizes an individual. But that doesn't mean that I added them to the church. It means that based upon their compliance with God's will, they have been added by him to his church, the Lord's church. It doesn't belong to man, and man doesn't have any right to make any decision in that regard. But we are again added by the Lord to his church. And then we come to another important step. Another important thing that we must do in order to be saved, and that is confession. We must confess faith in Christ. I'll remind you of what we have looked at on several other occasions in Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, we read of Jesus, and we read of of him asking his apostles, a question. Who do men say that I am? And they gave the answers that men would give. Some thought Elias or John the Baptist or another of the prophets. But Jesus also asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? He asked them first who men said that he was, but then he wanted to know What do you believe in regard to who I am? What do you believe? Who do you say that I am? And Peter gave a great confession. that You are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is upon that faith in Christ that the church was promised to be established. And it is that faith in Christ that the church is built upon even today. Without a faith in Christ, there is no church. So we must understand the importance of that. And the confession that Peter made is also a confession that we all must make. If you'll remember in Acts chapter 8, as we look at the Ethiopian eunuch, we see that Philip, comes to him and teaches him the word of God. He teaches him the the gospel, beginning with the words of Isaiah, going back to the Old Testament and Old Testament prophecy. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? Verse 32 and 33. So he declares to him, beginning with the words of Isaiah, Jesus. The words of Isaiah speak of the coming Messiah. So the eunuch, he comes to an understanding. He hears, he believes, and he comes to an understanding of of what is necessary for him to be saved. And so as we come to verse 36, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Now, why would he ask that question? Because he had been taught that baptism was essential for his salvation. And so he wonders, what hinders me? What keeps me from being baptized? For the remission of my sins. And Philip says in verse 37. If you believe with all your heart. You may. And there was no hesitation. There was no waiting for weeks or months. Until he could be baptized. There was water there. And he saw the urgency of being baptized. In that moment. So that he might be in compliance with. With the will of God. And he answered and said. I believe that Jesus Christ. Is the son of God. And so as. As individuals come. To us and and they. They ask us the same question. What hinders me. From being baptized. We ask them to make that same. Confession. If you believe. With all your heart. And they make that confession. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And that he died on the cross for my sin. We ask them to make that confession so that we can be sure of their heart. Before we baptize them for the wrong reason. We want to make sure that they know what is going on. They know what they're doing. And they know what reason they're doing it for. We want to know that they believe. And so we ask them. To again make that confession. Going back to where we began today. In Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10. And this time let's look at verse 10. Go back to verse 10. Actually let's back up to verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why? Because also believing, you are obedient. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. It is important that we hear, that we believe, that we repent of our sins, that we turn away from a life of sin and we turn to Christ and that we also confess our faith in Christ as the son of the living God. And when we have done those things, we are ready now to be baptized for the remission of our sins, completing what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, In establishing the church and preaching the gospel, he told them to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, we are now ready to be baptized for the remission of our sins. I want us to study baptism a little deeper, and of course, we're out of time for today, but I want to thank you for being with me today. And I invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. as we study once again the Word of God. And I pray again that we do everything uh, in accordance with the will of God according to the Scriptures. Thank you for being with me today. I look forward to being with you next week, Lord willing. And until we meet again, may God bless you. Well